0: Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. On behalf of our family of hosts, staff, and the millions of listeners who have tuned in since 2009, we want to wish you happy holidays and ask for your support as we launch our daily in-house news coverage. Please consider making us a part of your end-of-year giving in 2013. Your membership donation is tax-deductible and the best way to show you believe in our work and the importance of a free, food-focused media resource. Consider donating today at heritageradionetwork.org by clicking the Donate button. Thanks for your support, and enjoy the show.
1: and welcome to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Carmen DeVito. And I'm Alice Marcus-Krieg. And we're both a little sick today. Yeah. <laughs> we're spreading our germs across forgive, the airwaves. Forgive, forgive us for sound- <laughs> and sounding like Suzanne Pluchette. Um, <laughs> we design, install, and maintain gardens in and around New York City via our company, Groundworks. In fact, this week was supposed to sort of be our... Last week in the field, but Mother Nature had other ideas about, so um, we're going to work around her schedule, (laughs) I know for the best. Um, So Weedick Plants brings the culture to horticulture, and today we're going to talk about one of the great plant societies and family of plants, the Jesniriads. I know it sounds like something out of uh, Star Trek, right? (laughs) Like a people from an alien planet. (laughs) Um, So to explain the family, that plant family, and what exactly a Jesniriad is, we have Bruce Boyd with us today. Bruce Boyd is the president of the Greater New York Gisneriat Society. But before we get into that, I think we need to do our horticultural honor roll.
2: (laughs) Alice? Hello, hello. Yes. So the horticultural honor roll of the week goes to elvin mcdonald who is actually the founder of the jesneriad society and more popularly he is known as the editor the deputy editor of better homes and gardens magazine um he's a fantastic guy he um and he's alive he's alive he's not a dead botanist (laughs) no he has a facebook fan page yes and um (laughs) he is at the des moines uh botanical garden i believe and um He's written several amazing books, so you should look him up and, and definitely read him and follow him. So what has become the Jasneriad Society began with a story read by a 14-year-old, Elvin MacDonald, in November 1949 when he was reading Flower Grower magazine about the florist Gloxinia after or, or being bre- these flowers, Gloxinias, were being bred by Albert Buell in East Florida. Ford, Connecticut. In 1951, after he'd had some disappointing results in trying to grow Gloxinia's in his little lean-to greenhouse on his parents' farm in the panhandle of Oklahoma, Elvin wrote a letter to the editor of Flower Grower asking that anyone interested in forming a society based along the lines of the American Begonia Society should write to him. the, the the request resulted in hundreds of letters. Can I just interject here for a minute, Alice, as a mother of a fortune
1: role, to just say how amazing that is. Right. To to take it upon himself to write to to want to initiate something like that is extraordinary. Well I that's think, why he's know? getting
2: the award. Because yeah. <laughs> um, 14 years old, and so it goes on. So one of the letters was a beautician and a passionate gardener, a woman named Peggy Schultz, who lived in Minneapolis. She offered to help in any way she could, and since Peggy was a frequently published writer on the subject of gardening, Elvin invited her to be his co-editor of the new magazine christened The Gloxinian, which was a name inspired by the Begonian. So Peggy remained co-editor through 1961. And among the charter members of the Gisnerian Society and his correspondents at the time, a man named Harold Moore Jr., who headed the Bailey Horatorium in Ithaca, New York, Paul Arnold, the founder of Ansco Films, W. W. Coates Jr., the inventor of glass bricks and eventually of the Frito, and a young man from Chicago who founded Midas Muffler. What That must have been an interesting board meeting. <laughs> I know. Fritos, <laughs> <Those> Mufflers, mufflers. <laughs> Glass
1: Bricks. That's pretty films. extraordinary. <laughs> so by the time he was
2: 16, Elvin was representing the society at various meetings throughout the United States. And by the time he graduated high school, the American Glaxinia Society, by then formally constituted, had over 3,000 members. So today... Um, Elva McDonald is a botanical educator and an ambassador emeritus for the Greater Des Moines Botanical Garden, among many other fabulous feats. And well-deserving of our
1: horticultural honor roll. Yes. Now, we have another great horticulturist with us today. Bruce Boyd, as, a, as we said, is the president of the Greater New York Jasneriat Society. Bruce is an artist trained at the Rhode Island School of Design whose art currently focuses on collage and mixed media pieces, as well as painting, nature studies, and watercolor. I'd love to see your work, Bruce. For many years, he was a decorative painter, painting murals, trompe loyal, and painted furniture. Raised in rural Maine, Bruce was instilled with a great love of nature, plants, and gardening. He has been a volunteer at the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens Education Program, teaching botanical-related subjects to New York City schoolchildren. As a result of caring for a neighbor's African violets, he developed an interest in gesneriads. Welcome, Bruce. Hi,
3: nice to be here.
1: How are you? So, Good. Bruce, tell us, tell our listeners what a gesneriad is, because I bet some of them actually have a gesneriad at home and don't know it.
3: It's very, <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. I didn't know what a gesneriad was when <laughs> I had my first African violet either. But it is an African violet. It is a member of the gesneriad family. Some of the others are the floris gloxinia, uh, the syningia speciosa, and the lipstick plant, which people may have heard uh-huh. of, uh, which is an uh, it has tubular flowers. As a matter of fact, jesnares tend to have our tubula. Uh, they have fused fused petals, and usually with five lobes, uh-huh. which look petal-like. Okay. And uh, they're zygomorphic, is that the correct term? Mm-hmm. If you cut them in half, they look, they're a mirror, mirror image of each other.
1: Uh-huh,
3: okay. And uh, they're very easy to grow, many. They like to live in the same kind of environment that we do. Uh, and with a little bit of care, uh, they can be grown with, uh, without a lot of uh, difficulty, I find.
1: Well, that's why we wanted to have you on the show, because I know that I've killed many an African violet. Not me, actually. Yeah. I'm really
2: good with African violets. Oh,
1: we're good. I, <laughs> I, I, but I love, and I've also i I finally gave up on them, Bruce, and I decided to try to grow streptocarpus, which is my favorite, probably just near ahead. Right. Um, I love the way that that looks, but they're actually kind of hard to find in the marketplace.
3: They, they are, and I love streptocarpus too. They're one of my favorites because there's such a variety of flowers, you know, color, colors, and patterns and yeah. Sizes and they, they're they very floriferous and they're very quite easy to grow,
2: right? So and I uh, don't
3: like a lot of sun in the heat in the summertime, so you have to pull them away from the window. But I find well, you know, you have to go online, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. find these things. The uh, I come across them on the farmer's market down at Union Square every now and again,
2: uh huh
1: yeah and occasionally, as you're trolling around lowes or home depot, right. sometimes you randomly find these exotic plants that you don't you do. even find because Al and I deal with so many different nurseries and growers locally, and occasionally they'll get them but because I think people like are like me have a hard time growing them, they're afraid, you know the florists the wholesales are afraid to sell them the florists right. are afraid to right. sell them to customers because the customer are going to come back with.
2: Oh, I have a brown it thumb. Died, and
1: it died. It died. You know, cause right. it, because you like you're describing. It's probably not difficult. It's just specific care.
3: It's specific. That's right. That and it requires the, the real growers. I mean, the real serious ones. They're not. I'm real, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I don't always do this. But uh, they they keep every six months. They take a cutting from their strep, streps and uh, to start a new plant. Because they're they're good for a couple of years. They bloom, you know, very floriferously and plentifully. And uh, but they do get tired, so it's good to get a new plant started, Uh which is can be fairly simple.
2: So Bruce, tell us a little bit about how to care for these plants.
3: Okay. Well, with me, I have a very simple setup. I grow most of my plants on the windowsill, and I do have a number. I, I do since I have. Nearly a hundred plants. <laughs> uh, I have quite a few plant stands, and my, many of the plants are very small because um, they're not all large mm-hmm. in the Jussaniad family, and there are a lot of minis. And uh, I, have, as I say, my my window faces west, so the light is fairly good. Although for the past week or so it hasn't been so good. So dark so dark and uh i have a 10 gallon terrarium and in that i have uh that that is lit with a um, okay 18 inch fluorescent t8 i think it's only 15 watts but it's in the window so it gets a fair amount of light and the plants in it do very well but i uh first of all the light is very important and uh uh, and then I, they like a fairly humid, uh, hum, a lot of humidity. Right. But it's not, it's not the end of the world because I use tofu containers that I set my pots in. The, t- the tofu containers and, you know, plastic trays from food packages and so forth uh, that are narrow enough to fit on my windowsill. I fill halfway up with pebbles and water almost to the top, and I keep that moist. Uh and that helps raise the humidity around the plant. Right. And I do top watering for most of my plants, and and during the summer, when it's humid, they don't need to be watered more than once, maybe checked on in the middle of the week, but once a week, a good soaking.
2: So, Bruce, I was told, and, and, and the success that I've had is always water from the bottom, and you said
3: you water from the top? I water from the top, and I've had a lot of success. The only thing is... I mean, a lot of members of the New York Greater New York Gardener Society use wick watering, and then they they have wicks that come down through the pot into a, like a plastic pint container that you get at a deli into a source in
2: into a water source right into uh-huh. water
3: source, and that way it's slowly watered and keep kept moist without being soaked
2: right because right.
3: that's the thing with the top watering you want to make sure that the water gets drained well out of the plant pot. Uh, before you set it back in its simple, so, so they should
1: never they should never sit in a puddle of water.
3: No, they ever. they don't. The only time you might, if you're traveling, <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, the I, I, I once I had a friend who watered from me while I was traveling, and when I got back, they were all sitting in a lake of water, and yeah. they, it never looked so good in their lives. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so all the rules don't really apply. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs> so, what do you
2: think the biggest mistake is
1: that that why do you why do you think people fail with African violets and the gesneriads? Uh What what makes people fail with them?
3: Uh, well, you know, it could be that they overwater because yeah. they don't need to be watered every single day. Uh, it could mean that they don't give it quite enough light. <laughs> and I also um, I I put a little bit of fer- granule fertilizer in my water every time I water. Uh, what, so what do you ter- use? What fertilizer? I use well, I've used Mir- Miracle-Gro for house plants. Lately, I've been using actually Miracle-Gro's um, orchid fertilizer. Uh-huh. Uh, several people who grew African violets had tremendous success with that. I'm having very good success, and I've also used fish emulsion, which I really yeah, liked. Yeah, I love but the fish emulsion. Really, just looks so fabulous. The so foliage was great, and there was a lot of flowers. Uh-huh. I ran out, and I haven't been able to haven't taken the time to uh, obtain another yeah. supply. Yeah. It smells a little bit in the water, but it, it doesn't last in the plants.
2: Right, right. And let's talk for a minute about the light, because um, they don't really like strong light, but, but they do need a good constant light source.
3: They do. The light is important. And, uh-huh. it's, you know, a lot of our members who live in New York City apartments, uh, you know, find little grow lights that are, are lights, fluorescent lights that they can just grow two or three plants under uh-huh. without having to do a great big setup. Uh-huh. I don't yet, but I'm, I'm going to because I want to uh, grow some of the more exotic ones that really do need a lot of light. There are some like petrocosmias and epishes uh, uh, that don't, Want lots and lots of light. If light's too bright, they lose. They have beautiful foliage, especially episcias. Uh-huh. Yeah, very colorful, and they can become washed out or go back to green, especially hmm. the pink ones, hmm. if they have too much light.
1: Uh
2: huh.
3: And is the and, quality
1: of light important? I mean, can people just use a fluorescent, any fluorescent light, or does it have to have like one of those full spectrum plant lights? Is that critical as well?
3: I don't think so. I I, I know that a lot. There are a number of our members who grow their Plants in their basements with uh, with fluorescent lights, and I've got some information here. They they use the T8 tubes, okay, and uh, they come in two, four, and six foot lengths. And depending on how much light they need, they'll use you know two to three. T- if necessary. Uh-huh. And how
1: close do the plants have to be to the light fixture? That's an
3: important point, too, right? Yes, two, it is. It right? is important. Uh, it depends on the plant. For example, with the they recommend not not any closer than five inches, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, with the um, with cholaria, I think you can grow it a little bit. And per- petrocosmias don't want too much light, so they would be better off you know, fourteen inches below the light. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's they don't you know, and I think you know, you can play around. And some of these plants are really quite cooperative. <laughs> they can adapt. Yeah, I mean I find my, you know
2: I have Streptocarpus and Gloxinia and um African violets in my east facing window. I don't have any light set up and they bloom their little heads off.
3: They do. I have you know I wish east East is wonderful because that morning sun, but my apartment faces west, so yeah. I don't have the choice. Yeah. But they, because in the afternoon, mm. that setting sun can be really hot. Yeah. And sometimes my African violet leaves do get burned. I can tell in the summer. Yeah. And they've been, but they bloom and bloom, and they're so uh, giving. You know, they really. And I have some double ones that are so beautiful, with edged and you know lavender with white stripes and so forth. Yeah. Which are really. And some of them have very pretty foliage, too.
2: And it's such a nice little, like, vignette to the tropics,
3: you know. It is. It's well, that, you know, I grew orchids. Uh-huh. And, uh, and that's when I was taking care of this African violet. And orchids bloom once or twice a year for me. Right. And uh, suddenly I had this plant that was producing flowers almost continually. Uh, some of the plants do go dormant, I uh-huh. mean, like fininjas there. The two, the tuberous ones uh-huh. usually have a dormant period, but they're good because then you can start it. You know, it will if you leave it in the soil and can set it aside somewhere. and stop watering it. When it's ready to bloom again, or to flower, to grow again, it will send up little tiny green shoots.
1: Uh huh. And some of them, um, my mom has really good luck with African violet. She has had ones for decades, Bruce, and uh-huh. they've gotten huge. How do people deal with dividing them and propagating them? Because I think that's a they start out as a cute little thing in a three or four inch pot. I know.
3: I've got one. And then there. they
1: get massive. So, how do you deal with that?
3: Well, I, what you can do is you can repot it. Uh, you can take the, it sounds gruesome, but take the top off and pot that because that will start a new one. And the leaves closer to the center tend to produce the best plants for propping. Okay. How you know, okay. Uh-huh. and I like putting mine in a closed container uh, with wet sphagnum moss oh and or you can actually just put a, the plant in a in a you know a very loose potting mix or a mix a soilless mix of uh, perlite vermiculite and a little bit of peat moss yeah and uh, put a plastic bag around to cut it the leaf until it sends up. And they're very good about sending up little babies.
1: Uh-huh. You know? and, and... So they reproduce from leaves. I mean, you can literally... Leaf cuttings, yes. Leaf that cuttings.
0: cuttings mm-hmm. Sticking
1: mm-hmm. the stem in the, in, the, in the soil or the medium.
3: Yeah. Right? So the, just... You, you, you can, can also cut a leaf in half and put part of it, you know, make... Start two plants, depending on the size of the leaf. If you make sort of a V-shaped cut... Uh-huh. Uh, it works, but I, I don't get that far. I usually just take one leaf and do it. With straps, you can do it, because that's a longer strap-shaped leaf. You know?
2: Right, because I, I always used root hormone,
3: mm-hmm. and, and
2: I had really instant instantaneous oh, success good. with that. I've
3: heard that that works well, and I, I used to use that back when I gardened yeah. all the time, but I haven't tried it lately. But it's a good idea, and it's probably be very good with straps, because sometimes straps can be a little tricky.
2: Yeah, yeah. I have um, I have a cutting. My African violet is probably a thirty five year old plant. But I have a cutting of it from from my mother in law. Oh
1: yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, that's
3: great. Yeah. So
2: what you're saying to me, Bruce, is. While my mother's in
1: Florida, I can go to her house, I can chop the African violet tops off.
3: Be very careful. <laughs> and, and wait, I
1: just, I just want to be okay with it. So yeah, when she and comes then you
3: put, <laughs> you put it in your, your potting mix. But, I, you know, I play around with the leaf first.
1: Okay, Sometimes, I don't want to surprise her. The... Don't worry, it's going to be okay. Bruce said it was fun. Yeah, I say, Bruce,
3: everybody <laughs> in the world's going to be suing me.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, let's just do the leaf. And uh, the other thing is that... Uh, Sometimes, the, when they get really big and woody like that, little suckers come on, yeah. the yeah. the stem, yeah. and you can cut those off, and those start very easily.
2: It's good to cut those suckers. Yeah.
1: Those suckers,
3: <laughs> right, right. And I
1: have to talk about the leaf. Okay, the leaves, I love the streptocarpus, but sometimes the leaves get hideous. They get, like, brown edges, spots they all do. over them. Yeah. What can I do? It's from watering
2: from the top. Yeah. Is it,
1: Bruce? I mean, because I, I love how they look, and then they just... Quickly go downhill from there,
3: you know? right? Well, the the leaves can be a bit of a problem, but yeah. if you're very, uh, you know, I of course I'm crazy. I take my plants into all a hundred of them into the kitchen, and I. Uh, I water from. I have a spout, you know, a watering can with a long spout, and I just make sure I don't get any water on them. Uh-huh. It takes me quite a long time. To yeah, do I was going to
2: say, how long is that? <laughs> <laughs> how long is that? Is that like washing your hands? I set in the
3: afternoon a week yeah. to do this, but it's mm-hmm. my my fun, you know, it's my good time. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
3: It's my indoor garden, you know. Sure. And uh, but if you water from the base, you probably would have less likelihood of. Dating your, you know, Damaging your leaf, but they do tend to get brown, and they tend to, as they get older, they sometimes you know shrivel up. Sort of. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then I start cutting them, and, and then, then there's this. Yeah, and then there's this rosette of flowers and these stumpy leaves on the top.
3: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're bringing
2: sexy back, Carmen. Oh, it's not pretty. <laughs> you guys, we have to take a bit of a break. Hang on to the line, Bruce. We'll okay, be right back. We'll do. You're right. listening to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network.
0: You are listening to Favorite Flower by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network dot O-R-G. Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins from Fairway Markets.
2: always good to have a little ukulele banjo music in the middle of the yeah day. <laughs> good welcome. choice joe really what? good choice <laughs> welcome back we have bruce boyd with us from the greater new york jesnerian society and we are talking about um the jesnerian family of plants which can i uh interject here alice um
1: there are 150 genera yeah, And 3,200 species yes. of Gisneriads from both the Old World and the New World
2: tropics and subtropics. Yeah, this is a, a big, big family. Big family. So, Bruce, tell us some of the other plants, and, and can you describe them for our radio
3: listeners? Okay, I'll try. And then but we can I, post
2: photos uh, yeah.
3: after
1: the show about some of okay. these types.
3: Okay, well, first, some of the plants I've had success with in my limited light and so forth and limiting growing conditions are primulinas, and primulinas used to be charitas. And uh, the uh, they're small, small plants, for the most part, of the ones I've grown. I've grown one called primulina rachel, and it has very attractive foliage. It has dark green leaves with a silvery stripe down the middle of of the leaf, and uh, the flowers grow on tall, come up on stems, and with many, several flowers on each spike, right. so to speak. And they're of course, they're tubular, but they are they, they are in different shades of blue, sort of a bluish lavender. And so, uh, with the with the Rachel, there are quite a few flowers, and the and the flowers last for you know a while. And, uh, it's, it, there is, a, a white throat, so to speak, to the flower, but they're very pretty. And then the other one is the Primulina Deco, which has, uh, a sort of a marble pattern leaf that has, it's slightly ruffled, kind of, sort of, and it has slightly larger flowers. And those are also lavender, lavender blue, blue lavender. And, uh, and on the end of the stem, there'll be quite a few flowers, and you'll get quite a few stems. So they, they bloom quite, you know, well and with quite a few flowers. Yeah. And they have a slight uh, uh, yellow to orangey tone in the throat. Hmm. So
1: How hard are these to grow?
3: They're, re- they're I mean, compared, very easy. They're I easy? I think they're very easy. I mean, I mean relative they don't enough. take too much water. They okay. don't need too much light. You just have to remember to turn your plants every now and again so that it all get lopsided, you know? right?
2: Hmm. And and one thing that um, you know, even for outside gardeners, um, it's Carmen and I sometimes do this, especially with Streptocarpus. We use Streptocarpus as an annual, yeah, um, in in containers. It, it's great. It, it makes. The flowers bloom and bloom and bloom, and hundreds. especially if you're looking for that blue color, which yeah. is right. kind of hard to find, it's right. a nice thing to work into an annual potted um, arrangement. Yeah, and, and you grow
3: them outside.
2: Yeah, in the yeah. summer. And then I just mm-hmm. and then I just dig them up and. Put oh, them great. inside for the winter. Right. Yeah. They make Put a nice them in a more accent. Of a shaded area. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Right. And Streptocarpella, which right. I'm I'm guessing is in the Gisneriad. If somebody wants an instant hanging basket,
3: yeah, absolutely, instant. You know, I've just got hang them right now. Yeah. yeah,
1: they're beautiful, and they make yeah. literally hundreds of bro- blooms. Yes,
3: in, hundreds. in season.
1: Yeah, they
3: do. They're wonderful, and they're delicate, and, uh, and they grow fast with great long hanging. Branches. They're, yeah, they're tendrils, really good.
1: Right, yeah. They're right, handsome. Right. The whole plant is handsome, not just it the is. flowers. So oh. I have to ask you, Bruce okay, what's the holy grail for you? What plant do you <laughs> want to grow that you can't, that's in the Jesneria <laughs> family? I know this is uh, a tough question for the president
3: of the right, society I'm to probably, admit. What is it? What is it? You know, <laughs>
1: I'm putting you on the spot, but.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a lot of syringes that I would love to grow that mm-hmm. I can't because they need more light than I have available for them.
2: Uh-huh.
3: And the Sininjas, there's a tremendous variety of hybrids. They're and gorgeous. Goes on. And they've, they've got wonderful flowers. You know, there's some pink ones that are mottled and speckled and uh-huh. with stripes and everything under the sun. And uh, with, they're just charming, and I, I wish I could grow those. And they, they seem to get tall, right? Well, you know, if the light is, some do, some get very tall. Uh-huh. Yes, they do. And uh, uh, even in good light, they get tall. But if they, my plants get a little tall sometimes because they're leggy. But I'm happy with them, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. I've <they> got, <laughs> 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 kind I got of... flowers and I've got a healthy-looking plant, but it's just a little leggy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the... Uh, the syningas, okay. The syningas get very big. I mean, I could go through my plant book and tell you lots that I could would like to grow escanans I have problems with uh, some of the columnia i have, I have a hard time because they I don't know what's my environment just doesn't have enough humidity or enough sun and what it is that they don't they, just, they I get them and they're beautiful and then little by little they re- become quite unhappy I like
2: the uh it- Wait, um, I, I might be pronouncing this wrong. Epcs.
3: Oh, the epicious, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, those are yeah.
2: those are great.
3: Those are great, and those they are tricky because they like to be. In, they seem to do better for me enclosed. You know, uh-huh. I, I use uh, deli containers and so forth with lids. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And they don't need too much light. They Very cute, light, cute foliage. And they like lots of humidity, and the flowers. It's the foliage that you grow them for from you know most cases, mm-hmm. although they do bloom it's I a mean,
2: variegated I've, foliage
3: it's a variegated and right. you get them in deep purples, pinks, silvery tones,
1: yeah, you know. so I they was, would be good candidates for a terrarium then right
3: very good okay yeah. so if
1: you're yeah. if you want something not you know something with a little interest in a for a terrarium something besides right. a fern or a mossy thing this would be a good counterpart to those right
3: right especially the something like silver skies that's kind of small mm-hmm. i i was at the freelingheisen uh narrated society's flower show last month and there were some epiphytes there that were huge <coughs> with great big rich succulent leaves and those wonderful colors uh-huh and I'd never seen anything so large. You know, it, uh, I was amazed.
2: And some people grow them as a totem pole, right? Like you can grow them
3: up. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, that's look, sort of on, on uh On uh, like a wood... Coconut bark or yeah, something like yeah,
2: that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On like a piece of wood. Yes, yeah. You know, I,
3: some of these just gisneriids are really <clears throat> epiphytes and they don't need much soil. Right, right. there's moisture. Yeah. And, and a pe- um, the... Apicius?
2: Is that how yes. you... Yeah, Okay. Yeah. Because they're, they're actually rudders, right? Like a strawberry. Yes, they have
3: stolen different yeah. stolons, stolons oh. and that's how you can start new plants. Right. Yeah. And if you want a larger plant, you can cut your stolons off, and then the main main plant gets larger. Right. But I find the stol- I, stolons kind of fun to have those growing them, you
2: know. yeah there was one i was reading about called chocolate soldier that looked really beautiful with s- chocolate leaf
3: color yeah and it, it's silver. a beauty yeah and uh i think that one has a yellow flower but there's one that does that i've had and this <laughs> the leaves are so dark they almost look black and they're that's very cool yeah you know, pebbly kind of you know? yeah and uh, they're really beautiful. You're plants.
2: getting me really excited, actually, for houseplants <laughs> for this winter. <laughs> well, I have to ask you, Bruce. We kind of started
1: with the gloxinias, right? Right. And when mm-hmm. people, when I think of, like, a floristy plant, yeah. something that is has been bred kind of like the Dolly Parton of the... Yeah, of
2: the, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good <laughs> analogy. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: First of all... Every When Alice and I had a store a few years ago, whenever we got those in, they yeah. instantly sold.
2: Yeah. Instantly, because... They're so sexy.
3: They're huge. They're huge, yeah. and they're very colorful, and they're Velvety charming. Yeah. and
2: charming. Mm-hmm. And they come with variegated leaves oh, or uh, mm-hmm. flowers and stripes. I mean, stripes they're, they're otherworldly. Yeah. So those
1: are not... Those have been bred for those ginormous blooms, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: <it's> right. <laughs> Among others. Yes. But they are actually, they're (laughs) Sininja Speciosa, which is interesting. That's
1: what they're actually, they're part of the Sininja Uh family, uh a group? Okay. So... So who tinkered with these jeans and made them so large? Do you know?
3: <laughs> no, I don't know, to be honest with you. I'm
2: going to look
1: that it up. It was just
3: those hybridizers from that era.
2: What lonely man. <laughs> <laughs> Off anyway, on his own.
1: In a greenhouse. It's an Elvin McDonald Far, no. far away. <laughs> As a teen.
3: <laughs> they were anyway, we, we, we monsters, digress. We right. digress.
1: But they are... The thing about them is they come in. They're gorgeous. Yeah. Right. They have to be shipped very carefully, too, because the blooms oh, are yeah. so big. Now, can those realistically be grown and kept looking that good?
3: You know, I'm, I can't tell you that I know the answer to that. I, I was told that there are tubers, I okay. believe, yeah. that are still related to that early one. Okay. That, but they're hard to find now. I bet. And I don't know where you find them, but I mean.
1: So now they're probably propagated by cuttings.
3: Well, yeah. Probably.
2: Yeah. Uh, I would love to see them in their natural yeah.
1: state,
3: you know? Yeah, I, I would too. I Instead don't know what of a part of the world badly, they come from.
2: badly decorated florist <laughs> pot, you know? Yes,
3: it's with some <laughs> nice aluminum foil around it. Yeah, but
2: wouldn't it be amazing just to see like a field rockery of them, you know? It would.
3: It would be, yes. Well, you know, there are uh, plant expo- expo- Yeah. Yeah. Trips. <laughs> For a better word. Uh, where people go with various botanical groups, sometimes sponsored by universities, where they go to record, right. uh, you know, the, the, just the area of a particular area in, in Central America or in Chile, uh-huh. Norway, Brazil, and so forth, and over in China. Hmm. And because some of these plants, are, you know, the land is being developed and they're, they're yeah. losing them. Yeah. So... Uh, but uh, you don't have to,
1: you don't have to go far to see exotic plants we, we can't we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the society yeah a little bit. Right. Bruce, tell us right. about your group,
3: the, the, New- greater, uh, New York the greater New York, York,
1: York one chapter. and, and, yeah. and okay. tell us about when you meet and all about membership and all that.
3: Okay, I certainly will uh, We meet uh, monthly on the third Saturday of the month we meet at uh, the uh, at the the community center, the Gay and Lesbian Community Center down on uh, 13th Street. And uh, our address there is uh, 208 West 13th Street. It's between 7th and 8th Avenue. There are meeting rooms there which are available for us to use. And we, uh, the uh, sales table, we always have uh, a sales table where people bring in plants that they propagated uh, cuttings, stem cuttings, leaf cuttings, and so forth. And so you can leave with a an uh-huh And uh, that opens at 11.45 in the morning. And there is also a little show uh, so people can bring their prize-winning plants in to be judged. That's very interesting and exciting. Uh, we have wonderful programs. Uh, some of our upcoming programs are going to be on Streptocarpus. We have uh, Andrew Norris. Norris coming up from the Baltimore chapter to talk about insect and problems and plant diseases mm-hmm. in April. Uh-huh. We have a propagation meeting in March, and uh, uh, we're going to do a per- Petrocosmia and Primulina meeting with a visitor, Paul Kroll, from upstate New York in May. And on June 21st, Stephen Medviatsky from Philadelphia, who has been on many of has put together these trips to China. He's going to talk about his second trip to China. Oh, fine. So we can he can bring the exotic Chinese gingeria. Oh, that's to us. great.
1: Oh, how great. So it's a monthly meeting and is it is it like the same uh, Monday, the first Monday of the month? No, it's a, it's the,
3: uh, Saturday. the third Saturday. Oh, third,
1: third Saturday, I'm sorry. Third, third Saturday. Most
3: often it's third Saturday. We have a uh, newsletter, the Glock's news, uh, that uh, we send out monthly. And you can get our information on the web site at Greater New York Gisneria Society, you know, uh, dot.
1: Yeah, G-N-Y-G-S. We'll put a link to it after the show. Okay. Um, So people, what what does membership cost, Bruce?
3: you had to ask me that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> oui. No, the, they're going to really love me. <laughs> I think it's $20.
1: Right. I knew it was something small. It, it's it's not very a,
3: small. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's been around for 50 years. They yeah. used to meet at the old uh, Hort Society. Yes, yeah. yes. And I remember. And there used to be 80 members, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> now we have a smaller group, but we have a very wonderful group, a very knowledgeable group. And we have a lot of fun. We have a good time. We're yeah. always
1: looking for new members. Um, right. th- there was a gal that maybe you might know her. She worked with us for a, a short while. Her name was Ellen Okebury. And no, she was a young, young woman yeah. uh, in uh-huh. her 20s. And part of the reason, other than being whip smart, part of the reason that Alice and I hired her <laughs> was because she, she said to us photos. in the interview, she
2: sent photos of her plant collection. And she Bruce. had the same thing like over 200 plants. Yeah, 200 <laughs> house plants. And we were like, we have to hire this girl. Yeah. You know? She's
1: obviously really passionate. So,
3: right, you right. know,
1: I should probably attend the streptocarpus meeting. Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, we'd
3: yeah. love to have you. Please I'd like come. to get
2: some of those cloxidias.
3: Right. Yeah. There, uh, there's going to be some strep. The strep meeting is in, uh, what did I say, January. Okay. And it's going to be Bob and D. Stewart from the New England chapter,
2: uh-huh.
3: uh, and they are, they have greenhouses, and they're very, very knowledgeable people.
2: Now let's talk for a few minutes also about the National Chisnerian Society. Yeah. And explain to us, to our listeners, Carmen and I have attended these, because Carmen and I used to work at the Hort Society of New York. we went right. to many, many so we plant know, meetings. we know a lot about this. But share with our listeners what it's like to enter – a just into a show and what the judging is like yeah, and that's exciting it's so right.
1: fun
3: it is first of all i <clears throat> since i don't uh haven't yet i've had a few big successes but you know they always my plants will do their beautiful blooming in between meetings
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that kind of thing it's always that way <laughs> right so <laughs> i
3: i do botanical art so i take my painting of my Favorite chasenariat, and I've entered it into the national, uh, the nationals convention, which is held in early July, usually the week of the fourth. And one year will be on the east coast; next year it's on the west coast. There's 1,300 members of from around the world, and uh-huh. uh, because it used to be much larger. But still, it's great, and it's a lot of fun, and there's so many wonderful people there, and it's very exciting when you enter a plant or, say, it's a painting, a work of art.
1: Oh, so they judge works of art as well.
3: They do. That's they great. Do. The only thing is the plants are much more, you know, the, the uh, rules for judging the plants are quite specific.
2: Right.
1: And with
3: a plant, since it's nature, whereas with the painting, it's more uh it's more subjective.
2: Uh-huh. Interpretation, right.
3: Interpretation, right. Yeah. So, uh, hmm. one person might think your painting is fantastic, another person, but most of the time, I've, I've done pretty well, but uh, I've been very happy anyway, and uh, people seem to like what I was doing, but, you know, I do feel like I'm coming in through the back door. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doing the showings of plants, but yeah. anyway, it, it is very exciting. It's very, very exciting. They have, at the convention, they have all kinds of wonderful programs. They have, you know, botanists from all over everywhere, uh, people from different botanical gardens, people from universities who are doing research with just an area of tissue culture and studying the DNA and all of that kind of thing, which they can talk to us about at our level so that we can understand what they're doing and right. show us wonderful uh, PowerPoint presentations. There is a plant show there that is unbelievable. I bet. A, sales, a sales table at the show is unbelievable. Oh, you yeah. I mean? Oh, my gosh. It's breathtaking. And there are all kinds of different uh, uh, areas of, of, you know, entries for dish gardens and terrariums and uh, <laughs> underwater arrangements and things I could never wow. think were possible. And, uh, and it's just a, a great lot of fun. So and, when is the next? A, this, I'm, I'm s- sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, when is
2: the upcoming
3: uh, show? Well, oh, that's good you asked me that. It is going to be uh, the, in July, the first week in July, I think. I know, and it's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, so uh, that should be nice and humid. Yeah, it should be a nice blast.
1: <laughs> the chrysanthemums will do very well. <laughs> <laughs> the people won't, but
3: nothing a mint julep can't in, fix. Can, that's true. Right. Last year we we met in Toronto. <laughs> Oh delightful, delightful. Yeah! delightful. But I I've and the year before that I was out in Seattle for that convention. Uh-huh. I got I got bitten by the bug and uh I can't help myself anymore. I just I go and have a good time. Well so, yeah,
2: and, and, and it's so it's so tangible, you know. It's yes. it's
1: So Bruce, did you come back, you know, did you have plants like on your lap on the plane like I do sometimes <laughs> when I
3: go to the West Coast? I have, but actually for Toronto I went to <sighs> uh i went on traveling through uh nova scotia flor so okay. and they gave me all kinds of plants they were so they're so nice i mean pe- plant people are very generous. So it's not know.
1: a cutthroat kind of thing, like, you know, no, people sabotaging each other's plant
3: display. Well, yeah, you know, there may be a little of that, but <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I haven't got into that <laughs> league
2: yet. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we are out of time for today, but um, we really would like to encourage our listeners to join the local Chisinerian Society, At wherever go to a live. meeting. Go to go a to meeting. Check it out.
3: Yes. Come to our meetings. We'd love to have you. Yeah.
2: Look online. Look look up
1: uh, We have a website.
3: And we have a Facebook page.
1: So. Good. You want to give the you want to uh, mention those now, Bruce, for everybody listening. Okay. The
3: website is, uh, yeah, yeah, Bruce, is G, Greater New York Gistarian Society. Just use the, the letters. Okay. And uh, dot org. Okay. And there's a link from that to our Facebook.
2: Okay, great. And
3: you could even probably do the. Uh, Greater New York Just Size Society, Facebook, and get the same, you know, get the Facebook, because we have lots and lots of pictures from our regular meetings.
2: Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us and and for, you know, sharing your, your love and your information. Um, on these awesome plants, and maybe I can learn how to do it. <laughs> and you introduced a new Scrabble word to us, Darien. <laughs> yes, <Gisnerian>,
3: right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. It's, been, it's delightful. been a lot of fun. Thank you. Okay, so listeners, keep gardening and visiting nurseries to expand your palate. Thanks to Joe G for engineering and Jack Insley for producing, and to today's sponsor. Join us on Facebook at Groundworks Inc. We dig plants. Happy gardening. See you in
1: the garden.